welcome to Advisor Talk with Frank LaRosa. Brought to you by Elite Consulting Partners, it's the only podcast offering unfiltered guidance and direct advice for all things concerning financial advisors, RIAs, and the practitioners in the wealth management business. Learn more and subscribe today at EliteConsultingPartners.com slash podcast. And now, here's your host, Frank LaRosa. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Advisor Talk with Frank LaRosa. I am your host, Frank LaRosa. This is my right-hand man, president of Elite Consulting Partners, Dale Dempsey. What's cooking, Dale? Oh, man. It's nice to be here with the founder and CEO of Elite Consulting there, Partners. There you go. All right. Well, hey, let's jump right into it because that's kind of what we have to do when we're on the phones with potential new clients. Time is of the essence. So today okay. we're going to talk about common questions that we hear. Wow, that was Dale's way of saying, shut the F up. Let's get talking. Okay, that's all right. All right, so I'm going to fire Feeling up Feeling some... out of Zotes in his new position, his new title. <laughs> that's gonna, all right. I'm going to fire up some questions here. We'll both give our thoughts, but... We thought we would get right into it. Dale's joking around. But really, what we want to do today is, I think there's a lot of misconceptions about what a firm like ours does for an advisor. And we get a lot of these questions when we're talking to advisors all over the country, advisors, RIAs, whoever you want to, what are practitioners... And so we thought maybe this would be a good idea just to like address some of those questions and get into sort of why why it makes a lot of sense if you're thinking about making a move to work with us. That's it. That hits the nail on the head. So I did a poll with our marketing team. Most common questions get asked by financial advisors right out of the gate. All right. So first one, the top one was, what firms do you work with? What firms do we work with? So the answer to that typically is... We represent the advisor as our client, right? And so we can represent that client to just about any firm out there. When I say just about any firm, sometimes we work with a client where they have such a unique need that the f- corporate firms, we'll call them corporate firms, the companies that, we, that we've worked with in the past don't have the solution for that particular client. And so we'll go out and we'll make calls to look for a solution could be an RIA, could be a hybrid RIA, could be regional firm. It just depends on what we're looking for. It could be a small broker dealer that allows for a specific type of trading, discretionary annuity trading, right? We had that recently, right? Oh, yeah. I had somebody recently who said they need a broker dealer that could allow them to do air and mineral rights. And so the point is, your point, the firm is the right firm for the advisor. We work with all the firms we can work with. We'll work with whoever we need to work with to solve the problem for our client, which is the financial advisor. I'll say we don't play favorites. We are ultimately trying to find the solution for a client. We had one recently where they were doing some type of crypto Mm -hmm. hedge fund or something like that. I, I wasn't involved in that one, but we were able to find one of the firms that we've worked with for years I don't know, we're north of 150 plus different firms that we've worked with now. So we sort of keep a list of what firms are good at what things and right. and who's got more flexibilities. If we're talking to an advisor and let's say you, you need flexibilities on something, one just came up about options trading in a managed account. We know which firms are going to be comfortable with that. And we know which firms like don't even waste your time. It's not worth it. No matter how much money they give you to move there, you can't do that business, so it's pointless. Typically, our answer there. This goes right into the, this first question. So the Hold second on, one is- thinking stick, by the way, because this is going to make me think. So I don't actually know the questions that he's going to ask me. So, 
what firms are advisors moving to? My typical response for this, I'll list off some timely moves that have happened quarterly over the last year. But the point is, it's like a client coming into your office and saying, hey, what stocks should I buy? What stocks are people buying? Our process, I really want to get to understand the advisor, their goals, what type of clients they have. And then at that point, it's, oh, okay, advisors with your profile, they're moving to these firms. That's a hard question to answer. Yeah, it's like I use the uh, the analogy, like you're walking up on the first tee box and you get paired up with somebody you don't know. And they're like, hey, you're a financial advisor. You know what's interesting? I just inherited a million dollars. Where should I invest it? You're not going to say, oh, I'll put it in you know, cryptocurrency or put it in Google or whatever. You're going to say, well, that's awesome. I would love to talk to you about it. This is my process. This is how I work with clients. Why don't we play around a golf and why don't you come to the office and let me get to know you a little bit and let me get to know what your situation is and then we'll figure out what the right, what the right investments are for you. That's how we work. Yeah, because all too often I hear it from advisors that they categorize folks who call them into buckets of firms. It's like, what firm do you work with? Where advisors moving are almost like the same question because they're trying to figure out, oh, well, do you have an agreement with this firm or that firm? And they'll try to categorize you inside of that yeah. where- Look, unfortunately they get calls. There are some really good firms in our space they have a lot of respect for. And then some are, it's not that they're not good people or good firms, but they only work with two or three firms, right? So no matter what your round peg is, they're going to fit you into their square hole, no matter what. They just have a different business model. Right. They focus on a couple of firms and you're telling them what you need. And they're all they're thinking about is one of these three firms. And how do I convince them to go to one of those three firms? Because I spent my career in the space, the approach that we take through our process is the same that a very successful wealth manager would take with their clients. And let's talk. What are your goals? What are your ambitions? What problems are you trying to solve? What risks are you trying to avoid? What's your risk profile? Sometimes we work with clients that want to talk about independence and we end up having this sort of this therapy conversation about, I don't think you're ready. I don't think you're ready for independence. Let's maybe find you a firm that's something between where you're at at a wire and independence. There's so many firms. Well, I mean, it's like advisors feel threatened about robo-advice, right? It's the same thing in our space where if there was a website out there, it's like, oh, find your, and I think there are a few actually. Well, it's like, find your, your perfect numbers, firm. And we're like, tell you yeah, where I go. Yeah, put in your data. It doesn't always work like that. Because it's an art. Exactly. There's more to it than what's your revenue, what's your production, what's your assets, how many clients do you have? There's so much more to it than that because this is a people business. This is about your life. This is about the people on your team's life, your family, and your clients. And there's more to it People always come to me and say, isn't there a more efficient way to figure out where your clients are going to go? I'm like, no, not really. Every client is a little bit different. So every solution is going to be different. And there's no way to sort of put that in boxes. It being easy, I enjoy the hard work. I think the way we do it is harder and we learn more. Oh, absolutely. That's that one. Oh, here, here's a good one. Are you a recruiter? Well, functionally, we can perform recruiter tasks and be an outsourced recruiter for a firm, we have a business channel that actually does that. The core of our business though is consulting. So technically we connect financial advisors with recruiters at firms. 
and it's not us trying to put ourselves out as an employee of a specific broker dealer or RIA. We're, yeah, we're not, not we're not representing any one firm. And functionally, in one of the areas that we operate in is that of recruiting. But our process is a consultative approach always, which means you're always going to get multiple options, multiple choices, educated during the process. So you understand when you make, when you as the advisor make the decision on where you're going to go, you had all the data, you had all the information on whether that was the right choice. What a recruiter will typically do is they'll just call you and want to introduce you to a firm or two, Wells Fargo and LPL. And they're not really consulting with you on whether those firms are even right for you. All they know is those two firms they pay the advisor a lot of money, but they also pay the recruiter a lot of money. And that's where they send you, right? That's really what a recruiter is. They're just trying to find you a home and they're not really digging deep into your business. I was out dinner with this RIA and we were out for like, I don't know, it was like four hours because I needed to spend time understanding their business like it was my business. Mm-hmm literally like get inside their head and understand their business so I can give them advice because part of what we also do in, in addition to transition services, we run practice dynamics, consulting and coaching. So we're looking at a relationship with a client as a long-term lifelong relationship, not a transaction. And I think that's maybe the biggest difference is a recruiter looks at it as a transaction. Right. We look at it as, as simply one step, one part of a longer relationship with one of our clients. Right. It could be a lifelong relationship. We've That's got, the goal. Yeah. We've got firms that have been with us for years and years. And some of them become close friends of ours. I mean, that's just how we do it. That's the best case scenario in my mind. That's what we love. Another question. I know all of the managers in this market. What could you possibly do for me? Yeah. Well, unless the manager is your brother or your sister or whatever, they have an obligation to their firm. Even if you're there, your golf buddy. They have an obligation to their firm and their P&L and their compensation, and they're never going to give you the kitchen sink unless they're pushed. And if he's your buddy, you're probably not going to push him the way you need to push him. And so where we come in, we help negotiate that deal out because another thing is your guy, your friend, is in his local marketplace. And it's unlikely that he knows what, what his firm is doing on the West Coast or if it's a guy in New Jersey and he doesn't know what's going on in Texas, but we might. So we might know what the firm is doing on a corporate level that he doesn't know. So we work with the managers and try to help them. Like, hey, this is the kind of deal I just saw one of your guys out in LA. Do this, do this, ask those questions. So we know how to push professionally, push and talk to managers about how to get these deal done. The other thing is we're the go-between. Talking about money, with someone that might be your business partner for the next 10, 12 years, some of these contracts, 14 years, you're with them for a long time. And so sometimes it can get a little bit, I'm not going to say hostile, but it can get a little bit awkward, uncomfortable, because you want what you want. You're the seller, theoretically, right? Right. So you want the highest price you can possibly get. Mm -hmm. But the manager that you know, that you've played golf with, he wants his economics on your deal that's hitting his P&L every month to be as low as it can be. 
because that's probably how he's getting, he's probably getting paid based on the profitability of the office. So you have to understand you are on opposing sides of the discussion, right? I go back to the Tom Brady thing. I look at Tom Brady as an example. So when Tom Brady left the Patriots or when he was thinking about leaving the Patriots, he didn't just like pick up the phone and call general managers because he could have. They all, they all know him, right? He knows them all. He didn't. He called his agent. They went through some parameters that he would want to see in the new firm. The agent went and did the work. The agent went and negotiated the terms and whatever stats he was going to get paid on and bonuses and all that stuff. Tom didn't not only bother with that because if he did, it would take him off of what he was what he gets paid to do, and that is practice and train and all those things. And so as an advisor, you don't want to spend your time managing your book of business and then sort of going through this negotiation and all the work that goes on in this stuff. That's why you want to work with someone like us because we're going to help bridge the gap. Sometimes there are just awkward conversations that have to happen. There's things that come up. I'm sure Tom Brady's agent works with other players. Mm -hmm. He knows these other teams. He knows when awkward things are going to come up. He knows what teams will have things in place that he doesn't want his client to have to deal with because he knows his client wouldn't want it. It's just an extension of of who you are. And that's why we I think we get to know advisors really well because we're an extension of who you are, your team, in some part, your clients. You know, the local manager may have known you for a long time, but is it in their best interest for you to come to their firm? Almost always. And is it in your best interest? You don't know until you've gone through that process. And that's what we try to take and you they're through. Gonna, and they're going to always tell you that they're giving you the best deal. Oh, of course. Maybe. It's up to us to let you know, because we know the different firms and we know what's going to be maxed out. And one of the greatest compliments that we get, and it freaks some people out sometimes, is when we work with our clients, many times they'll say, listen, everything needs to just go through. When we're talking about deal and terms and all that stuff, just just run that through Frank or run that through Dale, and then we'll talk about it offline because they just don't want to create that awkwardness, right? And candidly, sometimes as an advisor, it gets personal. And so I advise all my clients, whenever you get your first offer from one of these firms, just don't be emotional about it. It's never going to be what you wanted it to be out of the gate, what your expectations are. So just don't worry about it. But sometimes we get the unabridged opinion from the advisor. It's our job to take that messaging, however upset they are and frustrated, it's okay. We understand that. And then we can convert that message to something a little bit softer or able to articulate to the manager or the firm that you're going to why we, you and I as an advisor, client, have problems with the deal. This is a good segue into the last question. Okay. What do transition deals look like? What do loans look like? I like to throw that out there all the time, but I make a clear distinction, right? So there's money for ACATs. There's a loan to cover expenses while you're moving. And then there's maybe bonus money. They're often not broken out into that. Every firm's got their own economic package that they roll out. But I think that's when an advisor asked me, what do transition deals look like? I'm getting right into the fact that you're doing a loan and I'm not a banker. So let's talk about that. Do you want to take a loan out on your business? Is that something you really want to do? Loans can get all over the place. And I don't think they'll get above a certain number, maybe ever. Well, I saw a deal recently, and I'm not going to use it in the name of the firm because I'm just not going to do that. They were given this team, it was a large team north of a $4 million team. 
200% upfront. So walking in the door, it was a 12-year deal. It's 200% upfront and then another 100% on the back. That's a wirehouse type kind of deal, right? Yeah. That's the typical, I think wires and regionals are in that 125 to 135, 145, 150, depending on your size, if you're over a million or $2 million. And then there's some back-end hurdles. You know, if you're looking at a deal where there's, let's say four or five hurdles on the back end, the last two years of those back-end deals generally are stretch goals, meaning that the firm is betting that about 10% of the advisors that they bring over on those deals actually hit those numbers. And that's okay. Listen, they want you to work for it. We see people hit them. It's not uncommon. It just depends on the market, right? And those are revenue-based goals. We are starting to see firms change to asset-based goals. On the independent side, you're seeing transition deals, as Dale calls them loans, transition deals that are based on your AUM, not your not your revenue. So if you're an advisor that's been in the business a long time and you've gathered a lot of assets, but your maybe your ROA on that book, so return on assets is lower. So maybe you have a five hundred million dollars in assets and you're not doing five million dollars in production. Maybe you're only doing two million in production. Well, going to a firm that is going to pay you your transition deal on AUM is going to be a very lucrative opportunity for you. So you need to think about those things. So when we talk to an advisor, we look at, well, what are you trying to get accomplished? Deal is only relative if you find the right firm that's going to help you with your business or a succession plan or whatever it is. So we work with some firms that are at zero. There is no transition deal, but their economics on a monthly basis, your net income, we did a podcast saying it's all about the net. When you're on the business owner side, it's all about the net. And firms that are paying you transition dollars, yeah. whatever form they're paying them in, they're getting their money back through reduced payouts, admin fees, affiliation fees, ticket charges. On the wirehouse side, it's lower payouts. You look at some wirehouse firms and you look at the cash payout. An advisor said to me, well, I get paid a 50% payout. No, try 42. Your cash payout is 42. The other 8%, they're putting in deferred comp that you may or may not ever get because you don't know if you're even going to be there. Do you know for sure you're going to be at that firm for the next eight years? The response many times is, no, well, I'm not going to be here. Okay, so every month you do production, you're basically throwing away 8% of your money because it's going into a deferred comp package that you're not going to be here to get. On the flip side of that, though. Which is a whole other conversation. Yeah, yeah, there, there are plenty of firms where the economics are maybe secondary because you're happy there. Your clients are happy there. You're doing more business. And you look at the economics in, in a different way and maybe like a growth metric where, all right, so it's not pound for pound. You look at the price difference, right? If the price difference between you going independent, running your own firm, and you go through the pro formas, which we help our clients with, and you still get the difference between what you're getting paid today Forget about taxes, but what you're going to be paying today, your payout at, I'll just say Morgan Stanley, for instance, I'm not picking on Morgan Stanley, I'm just using them, versus going to LPL. And maybe the difference is is 15 points, and you're doing a million dollars in production. Well, maybe that 15 points is not worth it for you, for you to have to take on the responsibility of running your own business, right? And there's solutions to them that they're not going to get into. But you look at that, and some advisors, and we talk about this, some advisors are just better off staying at a at a wire or a regional firm because their payouts are good. 
and they're good enough and it's the totality of their life that's important to them in terms of flexibilities, not having to worry about stuff, their assistant calls out, well, you don't have to worry about it because you know there's another assistant in the office that's going to cover for you. All of those things go into what's important. But in terms of when we get these questions about, well, what deals are out there? Well, what deals are out there? Well, it all depends. It all depends. And almost all deals are out there. We even work with advisors who who want to work directly with institutions to get their own lending when they transition. I mean, that's just the reality is you could you could kind of create your own economics as you want. We coach folks on how to do that all go the time. Go to a firm that's not going to pay anything, but their economics are better. You go to Live Oak Bank, as an example, or yeah. your local bank or whatever, or an SBA loan. Get a better interest rate. Get than a better what, interest rate, like yeah. three, seven, five, four percent some cases that just makes sense. Right. It's a business expense. So those are the types of questions that we get. One of the questions that we get, we didn't talk about is I get these calls all the time. What's different about you guys? Why are you guys so special? For me, the difference is that we look at the team that we have in place. We run a very large business. So for the most part, our business is larger than most of the practitioners that we talk to. So I have the experience in terms of helping them with pro formas. We have our CFO is a CFA. He was a financial advisor. So we can sit with a client and go through a pro forma, our pro forma, not a pro forma that the firm gave them that wants to make it look good, what we call a true pro forma. I've seen a lot of pro formas from firms that just aren't as accurate as I think they should be. So our CFO will go through that with an advisor. We work with probably more firms than anybody out there. We have more experienced people on our team that have been in financial services, sat in the seat, been in the offices, running the branches, all that stuff. And so that separates us. The other component of it is we're not just sort of a transaction type of firm because we have different businesses, different services that we work with our clients on, not just getting them sort of like pre-transition and post-transition. We have a, a business service called Practice Dynamics where we help the advisor not just find the firm that they want to go to to go into private practice or independence, but we'll actually help them with the computers, with the office space, the office design, setting up their CFO services for bookkeeping and all that, which is an important part. We then stay maintain our relationship with them to help them with the technology ongoing because many firms say they do those things, but the reality is they don't, not on a local level. And then we help with coaching because we've been doing this so long we get in there from an outsider's point of view. And some of it is accountability coaching. Hey, last month you said you were going to do these three things. Did you do them? Mm-hmm. Dale's my accountability coach. We're going to record these podcasts, yeah. right? <laughs> okay, I'm going to send you a calendar invite. All right, Dale. Like everybody needs that, right? Everyone needs that. And so we get that question a lot. And I think that's one of the separators for us is that we're very passionate about our relationships with our clients. And we look at our relationships with our clients as not just one transaction, but we look at them as a lifelong relationship that we're going to be with them the whole time. And our goal is to have them do one move and we work with them during that their lifespan of that move. And then we help them with their succession plan down the road. That's one of the things that separates us. Those are great questions. Those are the types of things. So the main questions that we get as it relates to our business in particular. And so uh, we appreciate it. If you have any other questions along those lines about why should I or why should we work with you, shoot us an email. You can email me at frank at eliteconsultingpartners.com or dale at eliteconsultingpartners.com. If you have other questions, you want to talk confidentially and you understand some of these questions, you're talking to, a, you might be thinking about making a move and you know the local manager and you're not sure how to approach it, give Dale a call. He'll tell you how to do it. 
856-316-4653. Or if you can't reach me, give Frank a call. Exactly. If you have to, give me a call. You know, 316-4651. Don't forget to uh, go to our podcast, subscribe, smash that like button, leave us a comment and a review. We really appreciate it. I think we're we're still holding on to that five-star rating, which is awesome. Lots of great reviews. And if you're listening to this on podcast, don't forget we have a YouTube channel. Go to Advisor Talk with Frank LaRosa on YouTube. Do the same thing. we got a ton of stuff here. You'll get to see our lovely faces. Or tweet us on our Twitter page. We have a Twitter page. We do have a Twitter page. I don't check it all that much, but we our have Instagram, an Instagram page, page, right? FrankLaRosa.elite is the main Instagram page, Facebook page. Basically, we're everywhere. I was going to see how far <laughs> I could take that. We're everywhere. Right? Google we're search everywhere. us. Google search us. Yeah. Uh, check out our website. But really, it's for anything, call us. We can handle any part of your transition, any part of your practice. Even if you have zero interest in transitioning firms, but you're looking for practice management solutions, you're looking to figure out a better technology stack, you hate your phone system. We work with a lot of advisors that have been independent for a long time, and they're on old antiquated phones. Their technology is outdated. There's some things, simple things that we can help you with that will help you take your business to another level, which is what our goal is. So have a great time and great year this year. I'll make it as productive as you possibly can. Peace. Great talk. Thanks for listening to Advisor Talk with Frank LaRosa. If you're looking for more advice or solutions on any topics in the financial services industry, or you just want to subscribe to our podcast, head on over to EliteConsultingPartners.com slash podcasts.